Welcome to Jen and Juice. We are two sisters who grew up humbly in the trailer park and in Sunday school, where we weathered the storms of kitchen scissor bangs, purity culture, fundamentalism, culottes, flannel boards, and fellowship hall potlucks. We remain devout to Jesus as we continue to wrestle out our faith with fear and trembling. We hope to provide a safe space to have real, raw conversations about everything and nothing, this and that, the secular and the sacred, you know, the juxtaposition of all things life. We want to use what the Lord has given us. Snark, quick wit, hard-earned wisdom. We promise to show up wobbly on some days, strong on other days. We aim to be a refreshing palate cleanse in a world starving for hope and light. We're like therapy you can afford. Because we're free. So, welcome to Gin and Juice. We're We're here here to help help a sister and brother out. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Hey, Jen. How you doing today? I am really good. It is some, some, summertime. We are so excited. Our kids were out of school. Friday was the last day. It was a little half day. And uh, we had the weekend. It was a busy end of this school year. I know. It feels like school has been out for already like three weeks. It was just Friday. It was Friday. It was we had a, a lot going on. It, we really did. We had a busy weekend. Our girls dance at a local dance um, studio, and they had their recitals were Saturday, mm-hmm. and so dress rehearsal was Friday night, and and then there were two recitals on Saturday, which my daughter danced in both. Yours, yours danced in one, mm-hmm. and so, but it was super fun. It was so fun, and then Sunday. Uh, I I taught at a church, a local church, um, and then that evening was Bubba's eighth birthday party. Yes, it was. We skated into eight. Oh, eight is great in a roller skate. Yes, <laughs> she wouldn't let me go like full on nerd with the puns and everything. I don't think she got it. Yeah, but you know, I probably just should have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was it was a really fun weekend. I crawled into bed Sunday night. I was so exhausted. Yeah. I barely did anything yesterday. I legit I slept forever. I didn't not peel myself out of bed till like after ten in the morning because I just laid there like I'd been hit by a freight train. Yeah. I know Jeremy never ever mentions like busyness. He's mm-hmm. just so even kill all the time. And Sunday night he was like, This has been a full weekend. Yeah. And even like last week with all the award ceremonies, <laughs> yes. like every single day we were doing something at the school for yes. one of the girls or whatever. And then he had a golf tournament, all these things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, and you weren't even doing hair and makeup all freaking That's weekend. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was fun. It was a good, good it was. time. The girls enjoyed the end of the school year and we are so excited to have summer. Mm hmm. Yeah, we don't really have we have we're going to go to Florida. Um we haven't taken a huge family vacation in about 6 years. Mm-hmm. We've just had other things going on, so we've taken fabulous, wonderful, memorable little trips, but not like the full the full thing, you yeah. know. And so we are going to head to Florida and do the beach cuz Emery we took her to the beach when she was like a year old. Of course, she doesn't remember. So we are going to go to the beach in Florida for a few days. And uh, we are looking forward to that. Yes. So. Do you remember when we took Karis and Emery? Karis was what? Kindergarten? She mm-hmm. was six. Yeah. No, she was five. Yeah. She was still five. And so Emery was... 18 months, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And we were driving to the beach in Florida 
and um, we were driving on like where we were supposed to park was like this real packed sand area. Yes. And Karis was a nervous wreck thinking that our car was going to fall into the ocean because we were driving on sand. She was so nervous. She was so scared. (laughs) She was. A little traumatized baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was such a fun trip. It was so sweet. We remember that. They don't really remember that. No. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what we're going to do coming up kind of soon. And and then other than that, we're just going to find people with pools and go to your house. So we're just going to show up. With the cooler and (laughs) some snacks and we're a hole up in your backyard. So just expect a knock on the door. It'll be gin and juice and our children. (laughs) Not awkward. No, not at all. (laughs) So any red pins from any of our latest episodes? I have not gotten any. The things that I have gotten the most are how relatable most of the topics and the the lessons or pieces of advice were that most of the moms that I have heard from were like I feel that so deeply same and um they just were they're like it resonated with me and um so they were very affirming yeah me too and then I've had several friends reach out and say I'm two episodes behind or three episodes behind and listen we get it so oh, yeah. no shame don't feel guilty um, and I do that too some I have a couple of what I consider my favorite podcasts that I listen to and, and they're just busy seasons when I don't have time to really listen and pay attention and so I kind of you know I kind of stack a few mm-hmm. and then I look forward to it because maybe we're in a car trip or we're traveling by plane and I can stick my um, earphones in what are they called earbuds <laughs> Airbuds, air pod, air pod. Oh God, we're so old. Headphones. We're gonna put on our headphones, my walkie, my Walkman, and uh, and then I'll catch up on my podcasts. So please feel free to uh, you know stack them and then listen to them when you're traveling or when you have a minute. So Mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. Uh, We're not giving you guys pop quizzes (laughs) when we see (laughs) y'all. Or interact. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. Um, people really loved the episode with Gaga with mom. Yes. And so we've had some real sweet feedback about that. Um, just that um, mom sharing her story has been real tender to a lot of people who resonate with different pieces of her story. And so, which is what this podcast is, we we call it kind of a grab bag. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little of this and a little of that, but it's always going to be really about the human heart and relationships and how we are finding our way forward in this life. And, um, and so we're so glad that mom's story resonated with many of you. Um, because I think mom's is kind of a hero's journey, mm-hmm. you know, really. And so we'll have her back and she'll kind of talk about more things eventually. Yeah. So, and definitely Papa Geese. You, oh yeah. Papa Geese, you are on Slate, you are coming on this show very soon, so get ready. Yep, Turry, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, Turry, and you're <laughs> going to explain all your names. Yes. This man has several names, <laughs> which the legends always do. Yes, they do. They, they always do. So, okay, Jenny, where are we picking up today in this episode? Okay, so we are on episode 12, and it is called What Parents Still Don't Understand. <laughs> so basically, part two, or continuation of last week's episode of things we've learned being moms and advice we'd give to new moms. Yes. So okay. Good. So I, I had so many that we didn't get to last week. So 
I just continued my list. So starting today, we'll go with, um, again, I reached out to a few of my core um, tribe that I asked for their wisdom, for their advice. And so a lot of these are from them. A lot of them were things that I had on my list as well. And Jessica, you had on yours. So I think that it just kind of confirms that these are very important things to share. Yes. Okay. So we'll start with this one. Um, Motherhood is the most important ministry you will ever have. And Lord willing, it doesn't stop at 18 because after 18 is the hardest. Yes. And that came from obviously a mom who has grown children and grandchildren now. And I love that she said after 18 is the hardest Mm -hmm. because, um, well, you're trying to put in, in lay appropriate boundaries for yourself because you're used to parenting at like a hovercraft and now you've got to, you, you know, you're, you, we're always loosening that up, right? As, yeah. as the kids get older, we, we, we kind of we elevate, we give them more, um, space to make their own decisions, fail, fail forward. Yes. Um, and so then when they're out of the house, then what? Cause they're still so dependent on you for so many things. Oh, yeah. And yet, they're young adults. Mm-hmm. And so it's a weird, It's a, that's a, got to be a weird transition. Mm-hmm. I ran into a friend this weekend and she was talking about um, her teenagers are in that life stage of graduating and going off to university. And I said, how is it? And she's like, it's wonderful. And it's terrible. It's terrible. And she said that the only, the second worst thing about parenting for me in these years has been teaching them how to drive. Yes. <laughs> she's like, it, but it's, she said, it's on that level of terrible because it's just hard and you miss them and everything the noise in your house it's gone the the buzz the chatter the the level of go 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 the schedule we just talked about that is like crazy and makes your head spin it just all kind of gets still gets still and she said it's been so you know, hard. And she said it with tears in her eyes, you know, and I just thought, oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. And then when they're little, they have to listen to you. (laughs) I mean, for safety, for um, just the daily guidance, and they literally have to listen to you or you can provide punishment for the non-listening. That's right. But after 18 and they're out and they're in college or in in their first jobs or like first professions, yeah. They don't have to listen to you. No, it's not disobedience at that point. Yeah. They're making their own decisions. Yeah. And they can honor you mm-hmm. and not have to do what you tell them. Yes. Like they're, they can still, they're supposed to, yeah. right? And that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then like as a, as a ministry, like that is your first calling as a parent. Yes. Is to raise your child in the way that they should go. And yep. um, so... Raising them the the right way when mm-hmm. they're little is is so important because then when they do turn eighteen, if they never call you and ask you for guidance or if they're only calling you asking for money, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So for them to fill the trust of okay, we've built this relationship all these years, I can still go to mom and dad and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, even if it is money. Yeah. Maybe that's like a thing that they they're not great at, you know. Yeah. So coming back to you. That shows your your ministry that yes. you have, you know, built, invested invested mm-hmm. in your child. That's right. And so, yeah, it, I, I hope that Karis and my girls always come back. That me too. Always, 
know that they can come and talk to us. Me too. And speaking of that being a ministry, to any of you who are in ministry, you're full-time ministry or bivocationally or, or whatever, but maybe your your husband um, is, is the pastor mm-hmm. and you're the pastor's wife. Listen, um, or you are the pastor. You're the female pastor on staff at a church somewhere. Um, if, if your children at the end of the day say that you are a different person at home than you were on the stages Mm -hmm. that lit you up in the church, then you have failed. Yeah. Okay. Because our job is not for everyone outside the walls of our home. It's not production. No, it's not. They, everyone outside your audience can applaud you. They don't know you. Mm -hmm. It is the people living under your roof who know you. And if they're applauding you, you've done your job. And yes, there are going to be days. Okay, granted, your kids are going to be mad and be like, you ruined my life. Uh, I've got those notes. That's right. (laughs) Then you're probably really doing your job. Um, But it's just that we can get caught up in that whole thing we talked about last week about reputation before relationship. And that is so destructive to the relationship. We've got to put the relationships first and be authentic and hold integrity in these spaces um, where our kids are watching us and it's got a match. Yeah. It's got a match. So your who you are at church has to be who you are at home. Mm-hmm. It should be and who you are at home should even be a better version. Right. That's the, that's the thing. And so um and I always hated it whenever I worked outside the home and sometimes I still do because I do so much between the hours of dropping the kids off and picking them up. It's a full-time job in just those hours that when yep. they get home I'm I'm exhausted. But when I worked outside the home I came home and I was literally giving them all that was left. Yeah. And and leftovers are cold and leftovers, Mm. unless it's like salsa, it doesn't marinate well. Right. (laughs) Like when it comes out of the fridge as a leftover, sometimes it's not the best. Leftovers are cold. Do y'all hear that? Mm -hmm. Do y'all see that metaphor? That is, that's good. So that's, that I felt like that's what I gave to my family. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy too is like, you get the cold mm-hmm. leftovers that nobody wants yeah, or that you're forced to eat. Sure. And so I, I, I try to be so intentional now and I fell all the time at it, but I try to be so intentional about not just giving them the, the, the cold le- yeah. leftovers. Oh, I think that is such a good word for all of us. That's so true. Yeah. I have to work on that too, because I can do that. I can, I can, so just slip in and just be workaholic, workaholic mm-hmm. and write and do all these things and just to pull my brain out of that space and 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 find that energy and capacity to engage with my my husband and my child. That sometimes that's self sacrifice, you know, for me oh, that's yeah. self discipline of Jessica, don't be selfish. Like mm-hmm. put yourself aside and like focus on them now. Now this is their time. Yeah. And um mm, that's a good word, Jenny. That's hard. Yeah. Okay, what else is on your list? The next one I have is um, one that was on all of our lists as well, and it says, learn as you go. It's a misconception that we just know exactly what to do from the conception of our children or like... You get, you go to the hospital, you have this baby, they let you bring this baby home because you read a book or not. Maybe right. your mom or your mother-in-law or a grandma said, here's what you need to do. So now you know everything, go and parent. And then we just know everything. That is the biggest lie ever. Yeah. So it, you, you learn as you go. It was the biggest shock. Like we had Emery and we're 
we're getting in the car and I'm, I'm looking at Brad and he's looking at me and I'm like, are they really letting us take this baby home? Like, uh-huh. we are not qualified. We have not passed a test. It is the most shocking reality. Yeah. And I think every parent feels that way. Like, cause you know, you read these mommy blogs and it's like, people have been writing about this for years of like, they let us take this infant home. <laughs> who thought that we could handle this yeah. like on no sleep oh. and on pain medications if you for, for oh, any gosh, reason yes. had to take those yes so i had a c i had a c-section yeah. for crying out loud i need a nurse and a nanny and a <laughs> chef and a chef and an iv uh-huh. yeah i oh it's so shocking that like now we're responsible go mm-hmm. when i remember too as a kid like you think your parents just have all the answers. <laughs> and so they they tell you the answers because you go to them and you ask all the questions. And then as you get older, I remember thinking when I was about 17, oh my gosh, our dad was one year older than I am at this moment when I'm 17 years old. And he was a dad. Gosh. He knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Like they, he was growing up with us. Yeah. Mom was growing up with us. We yeah. grow up with our children. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine. And I had lots of friends that were um, pregnant right when we got out of, of high school. Mm-hmm. Lots of friends who were having babies at 18 years old, 19 years old. And and I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so not equipped. Mm-hmm. I, know. <laughs> I, I was 31 and a half when I had Emory and I was still not equipped. No, <laughs> so never. That's really good. <laughs> Well, I have something along those lines that someone wrote in and told me there's no one right way. Um, there's no one right way to parent, but there's a million little <laughs> wrong ways. And guess what? You'll do both. Yes. And I just thought that's so uh, true and so freeing because you're going to do things and then you're going to be like, oh, that wasn't the best. And which is great for your children to see you come to them sometimes and, and apologize and ask forgiveness. That yeah. I did not handle that well. I lost my cool. Um, and I think children need to see parents humble themselves. We are to model it. Yeah. And we are, if we want respect, show respect. If you want, you know, laughter and humor, show that. If you mm-hmm. want there to be a spirit of forgiveness in your home, model that. Go first. Yeah. That is what submit always means. Go first. Mm-hmm. Submit to one another in love. And so and that includes children. That includes you before your children, submitting to your children. And and when you've done wrong by them, or you just like the Holy Spirit convicts you and you're like, oh, I was sharper tongued than I needed to be, or I wasn't engaged. Mm-hmm. That's when you get to model asking forgiveness. Yeah. And fell well. Fell well. Yes. Teach them how to um, say they're sorry yeah. and ask forgiveness and mend relationships because one day they're going to be part of a team um, at work or they're going to be uh, maybe someone's partner in life mm-hmm. and you want them to be a good spouse. You yeah. don't want to be like, oh my gosh, like they're stubborn and they have to get their way and they always have to be right. And they pout and they're ridiculous. That's no fun. No. Nobody wants that. So it, teaching them how and modeling the ability to humble themselves before other people and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Do you just hear my shoulder pop? I heard that. We are so old. What is wrong with us? <laughs> that had to be audible. Oh, I heard it. I in felt my, it in my teeth. I heard, it, I heard it in my headphones, so I'm sure it's making the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, the arthritis is here. Oh, sorry, Arthur. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. 
Okay. And that goes right along with another one that's on my list is um, don't pretend to know everything. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is such a tragedy for kids to grow up and feel so insecure because mom and dad know everything and I don't even know how to, you know, read a map or I don't even know how to follow Google maps or what's that thing called? Uh, Siri. Yeah. You know, if you, if you, GPS. I yes. can't find the words. My shoulder threw me off. <laughs> Great. Now Your I'm a lost focus. Her shoulder broke her brain bone. <laughs> They're connected. Because I'm good at science. <laughs> but um, I hate it when I hear children talk about their parents and just they come across as know-it-alls. Yeah. Nobody likes a know-it-all at no. any age. <laughs> it is annoying. Yeah. Now there's a difference between like being wise and providing wise counsel, sure. but just to to be a know-it-all, Ugh. it's gross. Yeah. And then you're teaching your children like they they have to know everything. Right. And then if they don't, well then ugh, how stupid are you? Right. Or that's how they feel. Yeah. And so I loved that as kids when we would go to mom and dad, sometimes the answer really was, I don't know, Jen, I have no idea. Yes. But I'll find out. Or what do you think? And that's one thing that I've learned with my kids is to ask, well, what do you think about that? Whatever the topic is. I love that. Jenny's so good about posing questions. When her kids come to her with questions, she's always gauging what level can they handle. Mm -hmm. And she gauges that based on asking them questions and she's letting their questions guide her and not that she never gives them an answer but she's trying to pull out what is this what's at the root of their curiosity what are they really asking me here and so and sometimes the answer is I don't know yeah because most of the time when I just go for an answer it's because I assume they're looking for x when really their curiosity is just about why. That's and right. then I put my foot in my mouth because I say something stupid or totally off the wall. And they're like, what? Well, and then too, sometimes you're giving them such a concrete answer when really what it, their question poses an opportunity to like work their imaginations. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they don't need the concrete. Any Sometimes you can get to the concrete answer, but let them kind of play with their imaginations yeah. and... You know, it's like, okay, so good examples of this is like whenever you're talking about the Bible with your kids, you know, and and there may be something that they ask that, uh, you know, mama, is the Bible true? Mm -hmm. Don't panic. Don't go into this fear-based parenting where you feel like you have to defend Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good Lord, you're not that important. (laughs) And, And so... You go, oh, is the Bible true? Absolutely. Every word of it's true. Well, these men had this, Abraham had a wife and another wife and all these kids. Can we have more than one? You know, can we do that? Because should daddy have more than one wife? Absolutely not. <laughs> he can't handle more than That's me. <laughs> right. And then that's confusing. That's uh-huh. a con- but guess what? That's a concrete answer. It is. How about let's add some nuance. Let's add some questions. Yeah. The Bible holds so it's all, there's so much truth. Mm-hmm. There's so much, but this doesn't, you know what? That wasn't good. They made bad decisions. They should not have had more than one wife. God told them not to. Yeah. And so they did. And God loved them anyway. He continued to bless them. 
despite, but there were consequences. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. What do you think about that? You know, do you think they should have had more than one wife? No, Mm -hmm. why not? And listen to their funny answers or, you know, whatever it is about the flood or creation was creation seven days, mom. Really? What do you think about that? Like, let's, let's let them talk and have questions and let there be some nuance and creativity. Um, because I think those concrete answers can really shut, shut them down. Karis mm-hmm. asked me one time, mama, what's a cannibal? And I was like, science brain ma I, I go immediately to facts i go immediately to things i've read research and then i was like stop don't start talking about cannibalism yes. and so i asked her well, why do you ask baby what do you think what do you think it means well Katy perry says eat your heart out like jeffrey dahmer and i heard that he was a cannibal oh <laughs> <laughs> so I did have to go a little more concrete Yeah. to which I told her what it meant. And then she goes, huh? Well, and she was about, I don't know, maybe nine at yeah. this time. She said, well, kind of makes sense. People do have a lot of meat. <laughs> She's like, if I ever get stranded, yeah. like in an airplane crash <laughs> and I need a food source. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. yeah. So sometimes the questions still don't get you out of the concrete answer. It's, it's right. Sometimes you need a concrete answer, but yeah. you, it's some explanation. And sometimes let's be creative, okay, you know, exactly. let them be creative, but, but you don't, or sometimes you can say, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and it, when it comes to the things of God too, it is okay to tell your children, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know all the answers here, but some of that is where my faith comes in. And I believe, here's what I know about God. I believe he is good. Mm-hmm. I believe he is creative. I believe he is with us. He is faithful. I believe he provides. And so for the things I don't understand, this is what I do know. Mm-hmm. And because of how good he is, I think I can trust him for the things I don't understand. Yeah. And and that's not a cop out. That's genuinely at the at the in my soul what I believe. Um and I think children are like, "Yes," you mm-hmm. know, cuz that's that's some childlike faith to have to go, I don't get all the concrete answers this yeah. side of heaven, you know? And so um, don't feel like you have to have all those for your kids, especially when it comes to things of faith. Yeah. We, I, I noticed that too um, in the girls coming to me with concerns about kids at school. Mm. Um, and, you know, like girls get the stigma that it's all about drama and there's so much drama, 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 drama. But, you know, and why is she acting this way? And she said that I'm this and she's starting rumors and she's saying this. And so even from that, I have to ask some questions like, well, why do you think she acted that way? Why did you why do you think she said that? Like, is there anything that you could have done that uh, might have made her feel that way about you? Like, is there anything that not gaslighting them, but literally like take a self-reflection? Yes. Did you. Did your face say what your mouth didn't, right. Jennifer Michelle? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I bred you. I know what That's you're capable right. of. That's right. And so then like, well, you know, kind of put, putting it back also like, think of the other person. Submit. Do you yes. think that that girl is going through something that maybe caused her to lash out at you? Yeah. And so now whenever they come to me, they're like, well, maybe she was having a really bad day. It doesn't make it okay that she treated me like that. Yes. But maybe she 
you know, got some bad news or maybe because of a situation in her life that I know about. Yes. Maybe that's why she was acting that way. It has nothing to do with me. That's right. So that's, and boys do the same thing. <laughs> yes. When I taught fourth and fifth grade, I had more counseling sessions with my boys <laughs> than I ever did the Aww. girls. And it was more physical with the boys, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you pushed me or whatever. And I mean, literally asking them those same questions, like, well, you know, was there anything you could have done to avoid it, to have avoided this? Or what about the other kid? What about the other boy? Mm-hmm. And so just, I mean, mm-hmm. relationships too. That's. Oh, I think that's so good. We, I, we started that with Emery too, when she was little, cause she would be, you know, so-and-so was mean or whatever in like little ages like first grade or something second grade and and we started saying that like well what happened mm-hmm. like lead up like in, in asking lots of questions and then we would do that too uh, again because we i think that's so wise that you want them to self-reflect yes um and and find out you know because if we don't know how we've contributed to the problem, then we can't ever fix it for the next time. It's well, and if you're happen. constantly in a problem, right? Then you're the common denominator. Chances are, yeah. <laughs> then you're the problem. You're pointing back at yourself with those three fingers. If you point correctly, I guess. Yeah, apparently, I point. Wrong. If you point at some person, then there's three <laughs> fingers pointing back at you, Jenny. <laughs> Should be. I don't know. But yeah, I think that's good. And then too to say. Maybe there's something going on with them at home. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, and don't excuse the behavior. Right. But you do have to come to this level of understanding. Yeah. 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 And I love that, too, that it's not always about you. Mm-hmm. Maybe they came in because and they looked mad all day and it had nothing. They weren't giving you a dirty look. Their mom yelled at them when they were getting ready this morning mm-hmm. or they overslept or they had a bad. They didn't sleep well. You know, they're grumpy today. Like. Yeah, we've got to, I don't know, have more compassion. And also, t- our kids cannot take everything so personally. I don't know. I just assume nobody likes me. So when I walk in a room and I see grumpy faces, I'm like, well, add it to the list. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Okay, so the next one that I was sent, this um, made me laugh the way she wrote it. She says, me, I'm not an anxious person. Motherhood. Huh. Oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what she learned from motherhood. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm full of anxiety. It is. Uh, yeah. It's hard. And, and it is hard um, to parent from that place of trying to like conjure up the calm and the peace. Yes. When you're bent toward just anxiousness inside of you. Um and when we had Emery, oh, my anxiety was through the roof, and and she was a little anxious baby, you know. And and people say, well, they feed it, they fill it off of you, and maybe they do, but um, also there was nothing I could do to control it. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was <laughs> there was there was nothing. It was just how my body and my physiologically, I was just responding to this shock of motherhood in life and in doing it all and I was doing the best I could and she had colic and you were in this life stage that was totally new where you were not working yes and we've already talked about how we have worked since gosh I think I was 11 when my first summer job yep and all the way up until yeah I mean yeah last year last year when I uh, when I uh subbed five times yeah 
or was it three? Worst sub ever. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Miss Richie. No. <laughs> yeah, I think anxiety is. Um, well, it's humbling. It always goes back to that, right? It's just so humbling to think I'm. I'm not an anxious person. And yeah, and then you enter motherhood and you realize, oh my gosh, I am anxious. And some people think that worry is their love language. Mm-hmm. I'm just so worried. And actually to worry is really sinful mm-hmm. and it's really because we want to control things. Yeah. And um, so, I, you know, I wrestle through that all the time in yeah. my own self. And so I feel you on all that moms. And I think we have to do the things that release us from that and it the answer is not always just read your bible and pray right i read my bible more than all y'all okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even being self-righteous or judgmental i'm just stating a fact okay (laughs) and i struggle with this i'm just saying like you're not going to hit the level of oh i've read my bible enough that this goes away yeah that's just not true and so for me, what helps is when I work out mm-hmm. and when I get good endorphin releases, that helps that that lifts all that. It balances my hormones. It helps me feel better when I eat well. That help. There's all these little things I've learned that help mm-hmm. time sometimes just with other adult humans, adult women, where we are not parenting, we are laughing, we are talking, we're engaging community. I need that. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm able to connect, again, all these things help with the the anxiety. Um, And you have to find those things for you Mm -hmm. because the thing that fuels you up may not be a group of people. It may be complete, you know, solid solitary confinement (laughs) you know in the bath for two hours by yourself or something Mm -hmm. just alone time um but you have to kind of wrestle that out and listen to your own self listen to your own body one of my biggest things was having to back to back and then having had Karis seven years earlier like i've gone through the stages of littles three times yep and um, there was a big gap in between. And so you forget how needy they are when they're so little. And so anytime we have gone to a restaurant, I have not sat down yeah. and eaten a full meal or had conversations with other people without having to get up and take them to the restroom like three times. <laughs> and so I remember the first time that I went with a group of ladies to eat and i'm like oh my gosh going to the bathroom when i want to go and only wiping my own butt is like life-giving sometimes yes Yes. (laughs) it was so freeing just that one little thing and i didn't begrudge my kids because they need to go to the bathroom i didn't begrudge my husband because he can't take him to a men's restroom right i'm just like this is what i needed yes this little thing is what i needed yes Well, and then I think that can be anxiety inducing too. the just feeling like lost in, in, in your role as mother, Mm -hmm. mom, mama, mom, 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 that's the role that can just be anxiety inducing. I think sometimes it's, it's the ability to take that hat off for a few hours or a couple of days and put on a different hat, Mm -hmm. you know, the creative hat or the athletic or the, you know, girls trip or connect with your spouse. But, but just being able 
to put on a little bit of a different identity that's all inside of you all the time. Mm. But the identity in you that doesn't get to be drawn up and called out as often Mm -hmm. because you're so in the trenches of being a mama, especially when you have littles. One of my best friends growing up, um, she got married earlier at like 19. And so then I think by the time they were 22, they had their first and they had kind of uh, stair-step kids, three, mm-hmm. back to back to back. And I'll never forget talking to her. And I'm like having my first one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's got these older kids now. And she said, uh, she goes, I just, you know, my little, she's like, my little one is like in first grade. And she said, it just dawned on us, like, we're done with diapers. And she said, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, we are done wiping butts. <laughs> We are done. And so that same thing that Jenny just talked about, like, that's so funny that like, I had a friend say that to me so many years ago. And I was thinking, what? You know, at the time, like, well, good. Awesome. Good for you. But I wasn't on that side of it Uh yet, you know? And then after like Emery was like four and there were still times I still had to wipe butt. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to go on forever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to have to wipe up someone else's butt till <laughs> university. And I remember friends telling me like, no, she will wipe her own bottom when she's in kindergarten, trust uh-huh. us, you know, or whatever, but you can get in it and feel like it's never going to end. Yeah. And that creates its own level of anxiety for sure. Like this has to end. This has like this. I cannot be on this hamster wheel forever. Mm-hmm. We promise it's going to end. Yeah. We promise you're going to get to eat a hot meal again. Mm -hmm. We promise you're going to get to have dinner with your husband. Yeah. Uninterrupted. We promise you're going to get to have a girl's trip one day again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We promise you're going to get to watch a whole adult TV show, (laughs) a whole episode, like a 40 minute episode. Um, We promise. Yeah. I thought, I mean, gosh, how many years did we watch Yo Gabba Gabba with Emery? Oh, yeah. Yo, Gabba Gabba. (laughs) I have PTSD from that song. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. I know. Um, DJ Lance Dance. Oh, yeah. DJ Lance Dance. Wasn't that his name? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I've tried to block it out. And I thought, I'm never going to not watch Yo, Gabba Gabba. Mm -hmm. And with Karis, it was uh, Dora the Explorer. And Barney. Oh, Barney. She still loved the Barney DVDs. Oh. Like it was Betamax whenever the first round I had to deal with Barney because of Brenna's little <laughs> Ellie and Jason <laughs> loved some Barney. Oh my gosh. On Betamax. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember when she, when Karis graduated from kind of those cartoony character shows and she graduated to Hannah Montana. Oh my goodness. And I was so excited because, you know, there's actually like some adult humor in those type of shows. And so it wasn't just so kid-ish, like little, little. And so it was, I was so tired of like, um, Dora, I'm the man or whatever little. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I tried to wear bangs during that time frame and Karis always said my hair looked like Dora. (laughs) So then I grew my bangs out and now finally she's over Dora. So I have bangs again because <laughs> so, she won't make fun of me. Uh, we'll so. always be made fun of our moms. Yeah. <laughs> so all that to say, we under, we totally understand that the cycles inside of parenting can be anxiety inducing Yes, and they will change. They really will. Mama who is on her 
just last leg, it, it'll change. It'll get better. We promise. It'll, yeah. And then you'll be in a new cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Super new, fun. New stage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The next one was so like it, it hit me in my whole heart. Um, it says, do what God convicts you of doing, no matter how unpopular it might be. For example, um, a lot of people are very opinionated about things like um, taking your kids to the doctor or avoiding medicine at all cost. Okay. Like there's those, those mm-hmm. hills, again, that people die on. Vax, non-vax. Yes. We're yes. not ever going to vaccinate our kids. We are. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Super, yeah. super opinionated. And so for you and your spouse, or if you are a single parent, you have to do what God convicts you to do. If your child is sick and your gut instinct is take them to the doctor or take them to an urgent care or whatever, and someone's like, oh, you're so... Uh, Here's an essential oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and sometimes that's the answer. Sometimes if that's it your is. conviction, great. But if you're, if you know in your mama heart that something isn't right here, yes, and someone's going, oh, you're just being so uh, sensitive, or you're being too this or too that, do not listen to them. Do what God is telling you to do, yes, and obey Him, yes. Even if the answer is, oh, they sneezed. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean, Look, yes, but. If something happened to that child and you did not do what you thought God was telling you to do, that's a whole other level of guilt that is that you don't have to you don't have to have. You, you don't you have can to have. you can avoid that if yeah. you will if you will listen to that instinct inside of you. I swear I think I believe mother's instinct is the Holy Spirit speaking to to the female mama heart. Mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that. Absolutely. So yes, you lean in and some of us have these big personalities, that's easy for us. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. You have a more timid, a more quiet personality that's harder for you. Still, especially for you, lean into that. Believe believe your heart. Yeah. Believe your heart on those things. Yeah. Um, in, and trust that instinct. Because mm-hmm. God placed you there to pr- protect and guide that kiddo. So if you feel something really strongly, or even you need to get a second opinion from a doctor, yeah. do that. And so what if the second opinion agrees with the first? Good. You and know? so what if, if the answer is what your friend said? It's yes. okay to go, you know what? You're right. Yeah. It's, that's exactly that's right. what, you know, this, whatever you said is exactly what the doctor said. But if you need that second opinion, if you need that um, peace in your heart, do it. Yes, totally agree. And so in that same vein, my, this friend said that for another topic, I mean, say on the same topic, for them, um, they are go, go, go people, even mm-hmm. with an infant. And for so many people with infants, it's almost like you left the house before they were six months old. <laughs> yes. You didn't put your baby in a whatever those things are now that you like. I don't know, cover them up with like a tent. Right. You let your baby out of the bubble. Right. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. Like right. some people need the interaction with other people for anxiety, for yes, for sanity. Yes, I should have. I, I needed that and being home with Emery and just feeling encapsulated and isolated was not good for me. Mm-hmm. I should have, um, you know, made an effort to be with people. But Emery was 
I, I felt like Emery was hard, you know, she had colic and reflux and she cried a lot. And so I, I didn't want to kind of, um, annoy people or something with my little baby who was hard to settle. And so I, I really isolated. That was not good for me. Yeah. I should have interacted more. And once her colic settled and I felt like we could kind of interact more with more people, I felt more comfortable. I did better. Mm-hmm. I did. I flourished. But th- yeah. And so lean into that. Lean, listen to yourself. You know yourself. Yeah. And do that and ask ask your spouse, ask your family, your tribe, your friends for help with that yeah. if you need. And if your spouse is the one who's like, I don't want to get the baby out. Well, guess what? You get to stay home with them. Yes. Mama, you are not the only one who can stay home with the baby. Amen. If you are breastfeeding, I get it. That's a whole other issue. Yep. But your your partner can help. You can pump and leave him a bottle. Mm -hmm. Like you you need to (laughs) take care of yourself too. Yes. Okay. I thought that was great. That is really good. Okay. So the next one I have is, gosh, it could be a whole episode of itself. Lots of grace with blended families. Mm, Talk about that. So blended families are way more common today than they've ever been, Mm -hmm. but they are not a walk in the park on any given Sunday or any given Monday. Yes. They're not. And it takes a lot of great communication. Yes. It takes the, an act of God some days. Yeah. To make it work. Yeah. And some days it works well, and some days it's a disaster. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And it's so, I just, I know so many of my friends have blended families. We have a blended family. Mm -hmm. And there's a different dynamic that you just, you don't go into life thinking, I can't wait to get married and divorced and married and more children and blend this baby up. And nobody does that. Yeah. And so it is, it, it is such a um, unique, even though there's so many of them now, it's, it's so unique to each family. Yeah. And it takes all of you working together, and that includes the exes. Yes. Um, gosh, I, I could say, like I said, this could be a whole episode. Yeah, it's going to be a whole episode. We're definitely going to circle back to blended families. And we definitely want to talk, too, about divorce, because we know that's the reality of so many people, mm-hmm. like the majority, yeah, <laughs> have been divorced or going through divorce, multiple divorces. Like, um, fifty percent of this room was divorced. Yes, it's me. It's Jenny. <laughs> it's Jenny. <laughs> I won't let Brad divorce me. He gets to leave in a body bag only. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's really it's good. And I was just thinking, family's hard. Like, we're the nuclear family. We're the the mom, the dad, the kid. Like, mm-hmm. no divorce, no blended. It's still hard. Yeah. So it's got to be really, really exceptionally hard whenever you're blending it all up, as you said, mm-hmm. and giving yourself grace and working through that. And I think finding other families, too, and, and you know, talking that out, listening, learning from other people. How did y'all, how did y'all blend? How did y'all do this well? Um, And I think a lot of communities of faith handle that so much better now. Oh, for sure. And so there's even, you know, blended family, small groups and things like that um, that exist. And so I think there's a lot more 
community mm-hmm. around it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm making a little uh, mental note for episode. <laughs> oh, good. I can see her wheels turning. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is um, don't favor children. Oh, yes. And I think that for some of you, you're like, who would do that? And I think that kind of ties in also with blended families. Oh, yeah. And, and not blended families, yeah. like the nuclear. Um, I I have seen some people gravitate to one or more, more children over another. Yeah. And maybe it's a personality thing. Yeah. Maybe it's that this child was easier. This one's harder. Yep. And so it's easier to parent this kid over that kid. Yep. I get it. Yeah. Like three kids, three different personalities. We've talked about that. Um, but making sure that your children know that we're going to be fair to each of you. And yes. fair doesn't mean getting the same thing. Oh, amen. Fair means getting what you need to succeed. And that is different for everybody. Like yes. Jessica and I in our education, yes. mom and dad knew with me, they were going to handle things differently with me. Yes. They were going to handle things differently with Jessica. Yes. Um, but we both knew that there was a high standard. Yes. It wasn't lower for Jess. It wasn't no. different for me. It yep. was, it was a same standard. Yes. It just looked a little different. Yes. And same with, I mean, goodness, everything. Yeah. Because we have, we have such different strengths and such different weaknesses. Yes. That, um, but our parents treated us fairly. Yes. Yeah. And also like monetarily, what they did for one, they did for the other. Yes. That was never something that was like, oh, you're getting this, but don't tell your sister. Oh, never. That creates such dissension. Oh, gosh. And... That is that does look like favoritism to your yeah. children. Yeah, it creates real dissension, disunity inside yes. the family unit. To do that, oh man, no. Mm-hmm. And they never asked us to compete no. for attention, affection, time. Um, there was never that. Like, and there was never like mom going, um, Jessica, you don't spend time with me like Jenny does. Or none yeah. of that crap. Like no gaslighting, no ridiculousness that's so immature don't they do would, that they would have said hey brat get in here <laughs> i want to eat lunch with you yes <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> we just call yep. it like we see it that's right oh i think that's so good and favoritism yeah. is a is a oh it's a comparison and it a is. comparison is a thief yes yeah it really is a thief yeah okay so the next one there's just a few more and then i'll get to my doctor friend okay. and her soap note um, be consistent. Mm-hmm. This is something um, kind of ties in with another one, follow through and don't threaten, which we kind of talked about you with your situation with Emery at the table that day with yes. friends from out of town. Yes. You gave her one chance. She blew it. And <laughs> yes. you followed through yeah. with what you said the punishment would be, which was y'all leaving, which yeah. was embarrassing. And yep. just, it was hard yeah. that you did it. Yeah. And, and guess what? We never had to do it again. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. She was four. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. One time. So being consistent is so crucial because especially when it comes to kid is with this parent, kid is with that parent. And that could be um, a custody thing or it could be within your own home. Oh, gosh, yeah, because Brad and I have completely different parenting styles. Same. And so Brad is much more the Santa Claus 
and just like whatever we're going to get. I mean, he'll have a talk with me and be like, we're on a budget. And then he has like a daddy daughter day and they come home. I'm like, did y'all go to Disney World? (laughs) Like she comes home with the loot. I'm like, did y'all rob a store? What happened? I thought we were on a budget. Mm -hmm. And so then it's kind of, oh, you know, some self check there. And which I really don't care what he spends on her as long as he doesn't put me on the budget. <laughs> so, but you know, it is, it is um, balancing that yes. because the personalities there are so different. And also that like, I, we, we com- we constantly say in our marriage, I'm like, I can't always be bad cop. Yeah. That's not, that's not fair in this scenario. And I won't mm-hmm. like, I won't, you're going to have to. And so um, that definitely plays out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sometimes in very comical ways, uh, sometimes in not so funny ways. Yeah. But um, but we have to we have to really watch that line because yeah. of our the way that we are each bent. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, yeah. And two like daddies with daughters, oh, gosh. and mamas with sons. Oh yes, it's it's a thing. I mean, yeah, clearly we don't have sons, but even moms with sons that I hear about, they're like, I'm so glad we didn't have a daughter because my husband would be mush <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> and they would <laughs> and they would they absolutely would it's a different yeah. dynamic for sure we, we have a good good mutual kind of best friends of ours and 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 the dad the husband they they only have sons and they've been around our family for you know 25 years and and so they were around a lot when Karis was little mm-hmm. and before they had children and Karis just would crawl up in this man's lap and just sing to him and talk to him and I mean he was putty <laughs> and we would look at our his wife our girlfriend and we would be like pray for boys like and god gave them boys and i Precious boys. always laughed because i'm like god knew yeah. like that man would not have parented one day with a little girl you know and but brad's you know kind of like that too and so we but we talk about it mm-hmm. and uh and to what he tells me too is jessica the answer can't always be no right and you can't always you know it you have to let up sometimes too. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know? So he speaks into that part of me where he's like, you don't have to be the disciplinarian all the time. Sometimes that's what you're choosing to be. And I'm like, Oh, that's so true. See, And I say, well, if you would, I wouldn't have to, (laughs) I guess, light, I guess (laughs) a little passive aggressive jab. (laughs) Oh, that's too good. Yeah. Okay, I've got three more and then some for my doctor friend. Okay. The next one is parents with special needs children. It is so crucial to be in community with other families. Yes. Um, with similar uh, children with the same special needs. Yes. Having that community is vital to your sanity. Absolutely. It's vital to your children's sanity. Yep. And also, like, educating your children on... Um, Children's children with special needs. Yes, and um, I just see such a beautiful. Um, I don't even know the word. Just whenever they come together as a community, and they're like, "We're going to be here for you. We're going to be encouraging. They're yes. going to share their wisdom." Yep. Clearly, parents who have children with special needs are going to be the best people to go to if you find yourself 
with a child with the same special need. Yeah, I can't help you. If you if you come to me and you're telling me that you have a child with special needs, I have zero point of reference. Mm-hmm. And so I can be a good listener. I can encourage you and love you. But I may not really be able to help if right. you are looking for like true help and guidance. I don't have that network. Mm-hmm. I don't know what specialist to see for this or for that. But yes, you've got to have that community around you of those families because that's going to be that's going to be your your lifeline your Mm -hmm. hive like there it is Mm -hmm. um yeah that's really good and yeah teaching your kids because i remember when emory was really little and we were out somewhere and there was um a person with special needs and they were in a wheelchair and um and clearly there there were some other things happening with this this young person and emory was like what's what's wrong with them Mm -hmm. and you know she was little enough to like not recognize like social cues and like let's be quiet you know pc yes yeah no (laughs) not not what's and so i'm talking to her i'm like well um nothing's wrong right with that person um this is how you know god made them Mm -hmm. and this is how their special brain works this way and i don't even know if that was the right language Mm -hmm. and so i'm even asking you as our listeners if you have family friends um you work with special needs um, community, reach out to us and tell us how would you want us to speak to our kids mm-hmm. about your loved one with special needs? Is that the wrong way to say how, how I mean, what do, what's the language that is honoring mm-hmm. that this is a person created in God's image yes. and worth the same value as somebody with fully functioning quote unquote, perfect body, perfect mind, perfect everything, you know, like give us language around that because we want to be honoring. Mm -hmm. But that was the language I gave as I was like, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm -hmm. This is how their brain works differently. Mm -hmm. And, um, and two, I taught my kids not to stare, but also you don't want to be avoided. Like if you're like doing the, um, you know, avoiding eye contact at all, you know, for for all, what's the word? I don't, I'll, I don't know. <laughs> My tongue got going and I couldn't catch up. <laughs> Wish I could see her face. It really was like her tongue flew out of her mouth and she was trying to grab it. <laughs> Avoiding eye contact. I still don't know what At I was trying to cost? say. At all Goodness, I'm like, we're hungry. We need to eat. You're right. My, Blood sugar's too low. My diet Dr. Pepper's not cutting it. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. <laughs> At all costs. Yes. Um, like you don't want either of those things. That's right. And Micah is a starer. <laughs> Micah is a starer. It doesn't, it does not matter what you look like or what is your situation she is going to stare at you because she is just summing you up and deciding 100 percent. she's not even judging she's just like huh Mm -hmm. i'm thinking Mm -hmm. she is she is yes so i've i try to teach them like don't stare but if you have questions what are your questions Mm -hmm. and let's just talk about it i'm very i mean like i said i go scientific and like you said there's nothing wrong with them god made them in his own special way, just like he made you in your own special way. That's exactly it. So, okay. My last two, they kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Um, kids watching how parents treat each other, meaning how parents, how you treat your spouse. Yes. Means more for their future relationships than how a parent treats a child. Oh, freak. Say it again. Yes. Kids watching how parents treat each other means more for their future relationships than how a parent treats their child. We had one of our best friends got divorced and she said, um, she was like, um, 
you know, he, he's, she, she was concerned about this, this ex-spouse, you know, in, in his time with the custodial time with, with their Mm -hmm. children. And, and I said to her, Oh, I don't think you have to worry about that. And she was like, why? Look what he did to me. He did this and this. And I said, yeah, he did that to you. Mm -hmm. He has never done that. He's a good dad. Good dad. He's a really good dad. He was a crap piece of crap husband. Mm -hmm. And now that shaped your children. Yeah. Watching that, this husband wife interaction shaped your children. But in that instant, he was not going to be an abusive father. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He he really wasn't. He was just not going to be respectful or loving to his spouse. Mm-hmm. And those are two different relationships, but nonetheless, those children who had a wonderful dad watched a terrible husband. Yeah. And they witnessed both. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I think that that's why a lot of kids feel responsible for divorce. Oh, and they yeah. think that they caused it because this, that, and the other. And I, I something I always told Karis was, I didn't divorce your dad. I divorced my husband. Yes. Oh my gosh. Say that again. <laughs> so Say it again. I didn't divorce your dad. I divorced my husband. I think that's so smart because for a child, it's that's my dad. That's yeah. my mom. But to, to for them to understand, okay, that is, and that's true. But in in the relationship I had with this person, that was my husband. That was my wife. Mm-hmm. And letting them see that that being different because if it's my dad then that relates to me yeah if that's your husband oh that has nothing really to do with me right in that because i don't he's not my husband mm-hmm. he's my dad oh that's role. so smart mm-hmm. well i'm not really smart but it was true <laughs> it is true though it, it really it creates um some boundary lines of relationship that teaches them you know the nuances of one person holding these different identities and mm-hmm. these different roles. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's really wise, Jenny. Thank you. The last one is you have to be a team when it comes to parenting. Yes. If you and your spouse are on separate teams, you will raise yep. different different kids. Yeah. And the expectations will be different. Um, there's no cohesiveness. There's no unity. Yep. None of that's biblical. Um, you have to be partners yes. with your spouse. Yeah, and that's I so absolutely agree. And you can have unity and still hold true to like your personality. Oh yeah, I'm not saying surrender all that you are in order for there to be unity. Sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. <laughs> but a lot of times it's because Brad and I are so different in personality. You and Jeremy so different in personalities mm-hmm. and the way we were raised. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of differences there. But so Brad comes at parenting from this different perspective than I naturally have. But we constantly work to be unified in how we are uh, approaching Emory or correction or discipline or uh, just guiding her as she walks into her future. Um, And so we have to be unified, but that can still look like our personalities don't each have to completely die right in that process yeah you don't have to lose yourself completely no melt into whatever they want you to be no that's not the same thing i can't be like brad any more than he can be like me right and and i don't want him to be you know and so um i I think that's yeah you've got to have unity though Mm -hmm. you've got to be unified and put on a unified front yes (laughs) 
um, especially when it comes to the things that they're pushing you on boundaries oh, as yeah. they're going to do. Um, you be unified in front of them. You go in your bedroom and have an argument about it later. Like one of our biggest things that Jeremy and I are completely unified on is no face tats. <laughs> oh my gosh. They have one child. Guess which one? Who has already decided she is getting a face tattoo. Yeah. What did she tell you it was going to be? Well, you know, it's it's not going to be trashy. It's going to say, Spirit of God. <laughs> They're going to have their own little female post Malone. Spirit of God. It's so cute, too, when she says oh it because she means it from this purest place like to show my Christianese and show some, you know, rebellion. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. um, That she had these tattoos that she got from school, you know, into party stuff and she brings them home and I'm like, do not put these on your body because we have a rehearsal tonight. Friday, we had a dress rehearsal for a dance. Then Saturday that was the recital. And I yeah, said, you can't even wear fingernail polish. Yeah. So we got to be, we got to follow the, yes. the rules. Yes. Like, do not. And they are good tattoos. Yeah. Like they do not come off. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm telling you, do not put them on. So Sunday, as soon as we got home from her party, she pulls down her tank top and she puts one right on her chest. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's a, like a wormhole into the future. It's like, oh my goodness, at least you waited. Well, when I came over here today to Jenny's, to our podcast studio, um, her little one was pushing this baby doll around the house in the stroller and that baby doll said, oh, let me see the baby. And she opened up that stroller. Guess what that baby had? Face tat. She had put a tattoo on that baby doll's face. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Hmm. So you might be unified, but I think you might have a little rebellious one. Oh, yeah. My, my little eight, my challenger. Oh, yeah. She's going to have a little <laughs> teardrop somewhere on her cheek or something. I don't even know what that means, but I think it's gang related. I hope not. <laughs> so. Okay. So from my doctor friend, she broke it down into things that she has learned and advice she would give for um, age groups. Okay. Bring it. So she said zero to two months. This is the base portion of hierarchy of needs for parents and kids. Everybody just needs to eat, sleep, and poop. So do not have any significant conversations with your significant other. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh my. I wish I would have had this advice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For real. Like, we're all trying to survive. We're trying Let's to live. not yeah. try to figure out, you know, all the lives curiosities or yes. all the things to the, this the, in this yeah. time frame we're, we're not in a fight no. we're not on different pages we are literally in survival mode we are sleep deprived we are recovering we are in the midst of a human that we're trying to keep alive yes oh it's so good yeah so then she said um eight to 18 months don't get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> Because that is on the table. Uh-huh, that is uh-huh. on the table in those first 18 yeah. months of You've parenting. You've like, you know, a, a day of sleep here, a day of sleep there. And now you're like, okay, we are fighting. That's right. <laughs> i got some energy. I won't take you out. <laughs> she said, this is when the kids get mobile and are like a puppy eating all of your important things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so good. She needs to write a book. I know. That's what I told her. Okay. Years one through three. 
you will get sick once a month, especially if your kid goes to daycare. Amen. A freaking man. Amen. Oh my gosh, it is the longest span. You will not go on vacation because you cannot afford it. You will go to the doctor. Yes. Your vacation money will just be doctor bills. And pharmacy bills. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Okay, so three and a half years old. Tantrum demons leave their body and you have to stop using bad words. Maybe earlier than this because they repeat everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emery's first cuss word is because uh, her Gigi came and stayed with her. She was like maybe a year and a half old. Emery, repeat, Emery spoke, talked early. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just like a firstborn thing, Yeah. Um, but you know, she's the only child. So in birth order, they call an only child, the super firstborn, mm-hmm. meaning whatever a firstborn does, a super firstborn only children do on crack. Yeah. Like it's another level. So they talk early. They, they have a lot of adults around them. So, so Gigi came over to stay. And, um, when Gigi dropped stuff, she would say, that's her cuss word, the S H word. And so she, I don't even think she knows that she says it. She's going to listen to this podcast and say, I don't say that. And her husband, and we're all going to say, yes, you do. <laughs> we love you, but you do. Um, and so, uh, anyway, so a couple days or the day after uh, Brad and I had a date night and we come home and Emery's in bed. And so the next day Emery's walking around the house and she would drop something and then she would, she, she would say, ch- ch- shit. She would say shit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you contemplated saying a cuss word. <laughs> okay. So she would just say shit, shit, shit constantly all day long. And I just died laughing because I mean I really wasn't going to correct her correct Mm -hmm. her because then I thought she might think it's funny and start and she was so little I mean we're talking like 18 months old Mm -hmm. and so we just kind of ignored it and then she forgot about it but anyway yeah her first cuss word was prompted by her grandmother which totally fine totally hilarious my uh, niece on Jeremy's side is four and she is uh, taken up calling everybody b words And uh, we were, I think it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she just says it. I'm a, I, I know who your sister-in-law is. Uh, I'm looking at you, Dallas. <laughs> okay. So the funny thing is I take full responsibility for it because when uh, this sweet baby girl was born, I got her this little onesie outfit. And when I went to buy it, I, it was like, had unicorns on it. It was pastel. It had little ruffles. It was so cute. And so I give it to her and um, Dallas opens it up and she has this look on her face and I'm like, oh no, she hates it. Oh, Oh, I wonder if it's like the wrong size or uh, she just doesn't like it. And then Dallas starts dying laughing (laughs) and she pulls it out and she goes, Jenny, did you read this? And I was like, read it. It doesn't have words. It's got a unicorn on it. And she throws it at me and I read it. And all over in repeated print above each unicorn said, be please. I'm a unicorn. Only it said the full word. Oh my gosh. She's like, I'm keeping this forever for my baby. And I'm going to put her in it and take like, her to church put on a onesie. Oh, I don't know. And I, it just, I still am floored about that. But yeah. yeah. So are you, we grew up in the trailer park, but still like who would put that on? Precious baby onesie. <laughs> Apparently you would. <laughs> Apparently so. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay. So my doctor friend continues to say, 
general advice. Make the rules or boundaries that you want for your kids early and then convince your spouse. <laughs> um, speak well about the other parent to your children. Yes. And I love that. Oh my gosh, yes. Even, I mean, whenever you are divorced, do this as well. Yes. One of the, like, you can hate your ex yep. to their core, but if you speak negatively about them as your, as your former spouse or as their parent, mm-hmm. you are crippling your child you are you have no business doing that no and your child is probably going to look at you and not like you yeah you're going to end up taking the fall even if that ex is a piece of trash yeah and you don't have to like say oh they were so perfect and wonderful don't lie no but don't trash them no don't do it just be quiet yeah (laughs) yeah that's fair practice self-control that's right yeah um you don't want to be the fun parent when they are young Avoid playing games that you don't like, you know, like hide and seek. Suggest the other parent do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Throw your spouse under the bus. Oh my gosh. They're fun. Go ask dad. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good. Oh my gosh. This is my favorite. Okay. (laughs) Make sure they know they are poor so they don't ask for things in a store. little okay we lived in a three bedroom two and a half bath home this is a modest home this is nothing big nothing fancy and emory i don't know where she even came up with this but she, do you remember when she was like two three and she would say you should come to my house i live in a mansion yes. she would go into these voices uh-huh. like she was a princess and she would talk to people all the like in the store mm-hmm. like a stranger she would say with hand gestures with hand gestures you should come to my house we live in a mansion and i you talk about being embarrassed mm-hmm. like but yeah she thought for some reason that we were the kardashians yeah Maybe it was because she watched the Kardashians <laughs> with her mom. I think that made the list. I mean, Bible man. We only watched Bible man. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a good piece of advice. Write down funny things they say when they are young. Yes. You do forget, especially do. when you have multiple children, even if you just have the one. Yep. You forget. So write it down and make it a family thing to go back in a couple years and read them because we do that with our girls. Yes. And they love it. Yes. It is so cute. It's so cute. Okay, so here's one that I was taught by, I don't even by, know by whom, but it is so wise. Kids don't share. Okay? <laughs> Amen. So if there is a special toy or stuffed animal or special thing that is like their thing. Yes. Do not make them share that item. Yes. If you are going to have play dates, if you're going to have guests over, put that item up where nobody sees it, nobody can touch it, yep. and let them share the things that aren't as special to them. Teach them that way. Yes. Don't force them to give up poofu. Like if Micah had to share poofu, she would give a kid a black eye. Yes. Absolutely. Hands down. So put poofu up. Yes. And don't let anybody have it. Not that anybody would want it because it's a piece of cloth. <laughs> uh, Poofu was her like sleep bag thing. <laughs> was it a sleep bag? <laughs> like pajamas? I and mean, then you basically, cut... but to hear no. it called a sleep bag. It was a sleep bag that she zipped her up in. And then when <sighs> Micah 
wanted to sleep in it every night. Well, then she got too big for it. So Jenny cut holes in the bottom of it for her legs to come out like Tarzan. And she wore it till she was five. She wore it till she, I'm going to post pictures. Y'all can't even make this up. And, and she would let her wear it like we'd be oh in a hotel gosh. out of town. And there would be Micah walking around with her arms and legs out of this, this sleep bag. She looked like a starfish. And she's like walking around like a little homeless child. She really looked oh lost all the time and it was hysterical and she called it poo foo Mm -hmm. and richard calls it the baby in the rags the baby in the rags (laughs) and that is accurate it is the funniest thing yeah not embarrassing at all want to borrow a sleep or a sleep bag sleep bag (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is oh my goodness but jenny jenny taught me that when emory was little we had people coming over and she was like whatever emory's favorite little doll was Jenny said, just put it up. And I was like, why? And she taught me this. And I was like, okay, well, isn't she supposed to share? And she's like, not that. That's too special. Like, that's very, very special. It's like we don't pull out the china yeah. for, for whenever we're for having... For a barbecue. For a barbecue. Exactly. Yeah. So just, just put it up. And I thought, oh, that's so smart. So... It saves a lot of tantrums from kids and parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. The little kids fighting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last two were... Act the way you want your child to in the future. So be the example. Mm. I love that. Love it. And then the last one, here's her advice. Get an au pair and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're not all doctors. (laughs) We we all can't afford an au pair. Pretty, pretty doctor lady. Oh, she's so pretty. She's so pretty. So sweet. Oh my goodness. So sweet. I wish I could afford an au pair. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll take a nap and just let them cry it out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> For Verizon. That's right. <laughs> oh. Okay. So that's all I had on my list. And then just to kind of summarize, um, third John one, four, I have no greater joy than to know my children are walking in truth. Love it. That is the best, um, yes. thing I've learned from being a mom, um, is seeing the girls question their question of God. Yeah. Questions about God. Yeah. And, um, seeking that out for themselves yes. has been so rewarding and the best thing to watch. It is. It's the absolute best thing. It's the sweetest thing. And that to know that their children walk in truth. Yes. You know, and, and separating that out from like the facts. Like, mm-hmm. no, who cares about the concrete facts? Like, let them walk in truth. Yeah. And there's so much freedom in that. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you know. And so, yeah. And the truth of us being good examples for them, which is so much easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Um. And we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to ask forgiveness yep. and set those examples for them. And yep. So those are a lot of things moms have learned from being moms or advice given. That's so good, and thank you, Doctor Pretty Lady, for sending us all of your brilliant um, pieces of, of counsel. We need yep. it, and all so. my friends. Thank you yes. so much, my tribe. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We love y'all. We love y'all. All right, Juge, you ready to do some things to make you go, hmm? I'm ready, Jenny. What's making you go, hmm, today? Well, okay, so kind of along the lines of parenting, momming, momhood, um, May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Correct. And so I was just thinking about all the things that moms go through, just in general. Mm -hmm. And on top of all that, we have these awesome things called hormones, <laughs> and they are whack. <laughs> they, they are whack. 
This is Jenny's new word. Everything is whack. Crack is whack. This is whack. That is whack. Everything's whack right now. <laughs> Sometimes my mind is whack. <laughs> um, but just the fact that, especially like after you have a baby, there's mm-hmm. so many new things going on just in the world and then also inside of your body. Yes. And now, I feel I feel like now um, talking about postpartum depression is so much more accepted. Mm-hmm. Kinda, kinda, yeah. It really depends on your circle and your trusted tribe, which you know all these things we've talked about, like yes. lessons we've learned. Yes. But when you have postpartum depression, it is not something that you can just. Well, I mean, just leave your baby with your husband and go to dinner. Yeah. That's not going to fix it. Yeah, it's not a girl wash your face moment no. of like just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. There's so much more going on there. It is chemical. Yeah. It is not about a mood. It's uh, not it, her mood. You. It is chemical inside of her body. You cannot control it. You cannot. Yeah. So, just thinking about that even is just gosh, it just breaks my heart for all those mamas mm-hmm. who do suffer from it. I feel like I did a little bit with Karis and mm-hmm. part of mine was that I lived away from y'all. Oh yeah. And, you know, first baby and I did, I had nobody really to call on to say, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? Yes. And um there it, it's hard. Yeah. And you feel really like hard. you're losing your ever-loving mind. Yeah. And nothing feels normal yeah. <laughs> after you have a baby for a long time. Yeah. I mean, my baby's 12 and I'm, I'm still holding on to some of my baby weight. So. <laughs> I remember, I, I'm trying to think of the number because it'll make sense. But um, you know how like we talk about our babies and, you know, oh, they're, you know, 14 weeks. They're oh, yeah. six months old. Yeah. And so what <laughs> Jessica said something about her baby being like 200 weeks. And I'm like, what? You, no, you quit that after four weeks or eight weeks. You, stop. No. So then I was like, well, that's fine. She's 72 months old. Jenny was like, still no, no. That's whack. Don't yeah. say that. <laughs> yes. But, um, it's just, it's hard. It is hard. And yeah, I think with um, postpartum, you just have to be so gentle with yourself mm-hmm. and and yet um, take care of yourself yeah. in that. Like get, get help if you need help. Take medication if you need to take medication. I always say it might be for your whole life or it might be for a season of life. Yeah. But you've got to do the things that help you and propel you forward um so you don't get stuck and then downward spiral from there so Mm -hmm. it is okay that you don't feel normal it is okay and and you have permission to to go get some help go Mm -hmm. talk to a doctor and if you feel like your doctor's not listening find a doctor who will yeah like please please don't just go to a doctor who's dismissing you or acting like you know Oh, you're tired. Yeah, yeah. No crap, dude. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You stay tired. (laughs) Yes. Go find a female doctor who might listen to you. If if and we have a great male doctor and he listens to us. But uh, you know, I've had I actually had a female doctor one time years ago and not great. She didn't listen to me. No. Um. And you know, so I think it has to do with you know the personality of the doctor yeah but find a doctor who's going to really listen to you and care about you and want to see you 
you know, flourishing. Yeah. You should be flourishing at some point. Um, I mean, you're going to be tired, like Jenny's doctor friend said, for the first two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blur. Yeah. It's going to be a blur. But there is a difference between a blur and a postpartum depression. Yeah. So, you know, talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with it being uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, um, and just talking about uh, motherhood and everything, I've been listening to this podcast podcast called The Cold, and like the cold C O L D. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not cult. Yeah. <laughs> Not the cult. The cold. <laughs> the cold. And so this um, podcaster goes into these stories about these cold cases where these women. Um, their bodies have never been found. Mm. And all of them, there were three seasons. I've only listened to two because one's a subscribe only. And I haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or subscription. So I, the two that I listened to were both about these women who were in these abusive relationships. And one season actually goes through this, uh, this woman's journals. Mm. And uh, fun fact, uh, not to be a spoiler alert or anything, but she, he ends up killing her. And um, never admits to it. They never find her body, but clearly dude killed her. Mm -hmm. And they were married. They had two kids. And in her journals, she talks about all the ways that he controlled her Mm -hmm. and all the ways that he was abusive, but he never put a hand on her. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that she kept saying that just like resonated in my heart was she kept saying, I just keep telling myself that I'm happy. And I'm trying to convince myself that I'm happy that this is normal Mm -mm. because, you know, he's not hitting me and he's not doing this. He's not doing this. He's not doing this. And then it just becomes this psychological warfare of maybe I'm just being a, you know, too gripey. Maybe I'm being a dripping water. Yes. And she had a background in a very, um, in faith. And Mm -hmm. so she really thought like, well, I guess this is my lot in life because I chose to marry him. And so now I'm stuck because you know, he's not hitting me and he's not cheating on me. So yep. here we go. Here we go. And, but he would control her financially. Yeah. And he controlled her time oh, and yeah. her transportation and, and finances typically yes. too. That's what some people don't realize either is, um, so much of, 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 um, kind of gaslighting in these type of relationships and the control will be that they'll they'll give you a budget and that in your budget they'll they'll give you cash to spend and it'll be something ludicrous mm-hmm. that like here's your twenty dollars a week mm-hmm. or here's your fifty dollars a week and that's supposed to cover your gas and the groceries for the family. Yeah. And if you cared about this family, you would make that work. Mm-hmm. If you weren't so selfish, if you weren't in putting it back on the the person who's actually the victim and and they're so traumatized listen to me they are traumatized they believe that as truth they are so beaten down they acknowledge the lies that this person is spewing out as the truth someone in that headspace has been beaten down for a very long time Mm -hmm. like have grace in your heart whenever whenever you're hearing these stories in these situations because you're thinking why didn't she just leave? Yeah. Because she's... (laughs) She doesn't think she should or can. That's right. She thinks that would be another selfish act. And how could she, you know, how Mm -hmm. could she do that to her family and break up her family and be the bad guy? And, you know, she just needs to stay and work it out. And she has so much to work on herself, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's the, the voice of that gaslighting abuser. 
also typically a narcissist, right? Oh, and these yeah. stories, these cold case stories. 100%. Yeah. Narcissistic yeah. behavior, yeah. Yeah. And then recently in the Permian Basin, this girl, her, her beautiful, oh my mm. gosh, she was gorgeous. Not that we don't care if ugly people go missing too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this girl was just so oh. young and gorgeous and she went missing. And my first thought was, it's gonna, she's going to be dead and it's yeah. going to be a boyfriend or yeah. ex. And sure enough... They found her and just oh, recently, and it was, you know, a, a romantic um, partner at some point. Yeah. And so thank God they found him. Yes. But, um, and thank God for the family. Cause oh, I can't even imagine not ever awesome. knowing what happened to my yeah. person. Yeah. But, um, I just, I think in all that file the report, file the report, even if you feel foolish or stupid or yep. feel at fault, yep. file the report. Yep. And get that person in the system. That's right. Restraining orders, whatever you need to do. If they lay a hand on you, file a stinking report. Please file mm-hmm. a report. Yeah. Just you quit. do not have to live with that. And if you're married and you have some BS in your mind about the fact that, well, I can't divorce them. I've got to stay married. No, no. God does not call you to to take any of that kind of abuse. Um, And you need to get out and you need to get help. And at the very least, you need to, for a long while, separate physically from them, Mm -hmm. get your kids out of that house. Um, And whether you have kids or not, you deserve to get out of that house. Mm -hmm. You take your kids with you. You do not leave them. (laughs) You do not leave them. Let them take you to court. (laughs) That's right. You let let him. Yeah. But you go and and take care of yourself. Um, And also this whole... I can't leave because they'll hurt themselves. Mm-mm, no, well, no, no. So you're sacrificing yourself. That's right. So they won't hurt themselves. That's right. Don't because no. you don't, you're not that powerful. You're not. If they're going to hurt themselves, they're going to hurt themselves. No, that's just the bottom line. That's it. And that's a, that's another form of manipulation mm-hmm. and gaslighting and codependency. Mm-hmm. No, don't do that. And your kid's going to grow up one day and say, I wish you would have left. Yeah. I wish you would have left. Um, there is a show on Apple TV called Bad Sisters, and it's kind of a thriller comedy mystery. Mm-hmm. And it is about these sisters. Um, where are they from? Are they English or Irish? I can't even remember now. It's been a few months since I last watched it. It is so stinking good. What's it called? Uh, bad Sisters. Okay, I have not seen this. Okay, language is really bad, so you don't want your kids around. But it is all about the premise of they're all sisters. How many sisters are there? Hold on, let me see. One, two, three, four, five sisters. Okay. And it's all their lives intertwined. And one of the their brothers-in-law is dead. Okay. I mean, from the from the jump, from the mm-hmm. first episode, and you're trying to figure out how did he die, and the story unfolds, and y'all, this man, and it goes back through. It will. It just about made me sick. I had to run on my elliptical when I watched it because watching his behavior, he never like really laid a hand. I don't want to say never. I think he may have shoved her a few times, but he never laid a traditional like beat her down mm-hmm. or anything kind of a hand on his wife. But he abused her constantly. Mm-hmm. And all these sisters could see it, and they hated him. Everybody could see it. He was the biggest jerk, and yet he was charming, and he could flip a switch. And then in front of certain people, they would not see this side of who he was. And he was horrible. He represents this perfect narcissist 
gas lighter, though. You want to know what we're talking about when we're describing this? Go watch this show called Bad Sisters. It is so good. Just it, do it, it while you work out. <laughs> do it while you work. It made me so upset. Oh, like I would have I to. Hate that. I would have to run because my heart rate was already up. But his name on the show, the character's name is John Paul. Ooh. Oh, and you'll know. I mean, you'll you'll just you will enjoy hating him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the character you will love to hate. This show is so like you're never supposed to root for someone's death. You literally <laughs> are like, would someone kill this guy? Like, is he's so horrible? Ugh. And the actor to pull this character off, he does it. I mean, t- with perfection. It's so good, but. You want to see what that looks like? That's what that looks like. That mm. personality type in real life. Um, and it was always her fault. It was always, always her always. misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. She just couldn't get it right, you know? And yeah, till he was dead. So, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> um, so all that to say, we just want you to make sure that you're watching out for signs of um, if your mental health is slipping. And yes. there's seasons where we all go through that. And it doesn't mean you have to get on medication, but sometimes you do. So um, normalize talking about it with your tribe, with your trusted people. Not everybody deserves to hear that. So, that's right. You know, but talk to somebody. And um, yeah, we always want to um, tell you that if you're ever having um, suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, then please reach out for help. We've lived, we are suicide loss survivors, mm-hmm. and we promise that no matter what our dad like put us through on this earth, mm-hmm. the, the worst thing we had to go through was surviving his suicide. Absolutely. So... This world is not better off without you. That is a lie from the enemy. Um, all your loved ones, you may have, you may have inflicted a lot of pain mm-hmm. on a lot of people, and you think they're better off without you. They're not. You need to get help. Yeah. You need to get well. You need to fight for the fact that you're created in the image of God. Yeah. That alone is reason. And then you have responsibilities to the people around you who love you, who are fighting for you, who want to see you be well and win and live life to the full do it for yourself and do it for them absolutely Um, and if you're even contemplating suicide there is a suicide prevention lifeline and all you have to do is dial uh, 988 Mm -hmm. that is the um the the lifeline number um and you can talk to someone immediately who who can help you and who can kind of talk you through you know, what level of crisis are you in? Do you need to go to a hospital? Do you need some um, inpatient care? Do you need to be hospitalized for a minute? Do you need a facility? What do you need? Um, but the, the number is 988 to get, get help. Yeah. That is not weak. Um, that is, that is strength and asking for help. That is humbling. Mm-hmm. And, and scripture says like when you will humble, humble yourself, God will lift you up. Mm-hmm. So humble yourself Ask for some help, and the Lord is going to meet you right there, and the Lord is going to lift you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just we just want you to take care of your mental health because um, we have so much that God's called us to, so much great purpose and joy. Part of our purpose is joy, mm-hmm. laughing, enjoying this life, not just making it through. Right, And so that 
if the enemy has lied to you and told you that this is it, it's just going to be drudgery every single day until you know you're on the other side of this earth mm-hmm. it's not true that's the enemy just wanting to keep you down like god has created you to experience great joy on this earth so humble yourself before him before people ask for help yeah. and and the help will come absolutely okay thank y'all so much for listening and um, we love y'all okay love y'all bye that's a wrap for this episode thank you for sharing your time with us you can follow us on instagram at jenandjuice.ig and on facebook at jenandjuice and i'm jenny you can follow me on instagram at jennyhill.ig that's jenny with the j and an i and I'm Juice, a.k.a. Jessica. You can follow me on Instagram at jessicaphillips.ig. We can't wait to meet you here again next week as we continue these conversations where, as always, we're, we're here, here to help a sister and brother out. out.